superchargers, headlights, and more. With over 122 million parts, eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Stay on your A-game with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I pop off when I hear people say I cannot. I get off to the thought of proving everyone wrong. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. Guess what we found out? What? These are not the same old New York Jets, are they? How about these New York Jets? At 2-2. Two two. Get out of here. Today's guests. Chiefs quarterback, Patrick Mahomes. From NBC Sports, Peter King, ESPN NFL analyst, Robert Griffin III, plus Eagles tackle, Lane Johnson. And now, it's Rich Eisen. Oh yeah, what a guest list, what a guest list. Couldn't be more excited to be here on this Tuesday edition of the Rich Eisen Show, fresh off of a fourth week of the NFL season being put in the books we've got news about Dak Prescott's readiness for this upcoming week week five right around the corner and we welcome you to this show all three hours right here on the Roku channel this Rich Eisen show terrestrial radio affiliate the Odyssey app Sirius channel 218 XM channel 202 channel 992 on the app we say hello to our podcast listeners who take this show and podcast form every day from the cumulus podcast network where all podcasts can be acquired and listen to it whenever they darn well please our youtube page youtube.com slash rich eisen show for all almost eight years of this show we celebrate our eighth anniversary over the weekend i believe if i'm not mistaken uh it's no, right around thursday, the corner is it thursday sixth? October 6th. So we've got two days from now. we got a great show planned for that one. <laughs> <laughs> got a great show planned for that it one. It will be here. It will be here hey. on Thursday. That's right. It's the 6th. It's not the 8th. 6th. Yeah. Thank you for being here to remind me of all that, no, Christopher. No Chris problem. Brockman in his no usual spot. DJ Mikey D in his spot. Morning, Rich. Uh, TJ Jefferson, light that candle, sir. Good to see you over there, TJ. So does that mean cupcakes, cake? Champagne, whiskey, vodka. What you bringing in? I don't know. For us. Oh, I don't know. Champagne sounds you, good. You have the, the wrong uh, part of uh, the family sitting in this chair <laughs> for that sort of Rich. thing. If you remember, after Fam- our first... Fam- family. 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 Uh, if you remember, after our first show, Susie came out with a bottle of champagne. Yes. She's been getting us drunk for eight years, basically. So Thank there's God. all that. All right, you hear that, Susie? We need cupcakes all right. or something. Yeah, so we'll Celebr- figure that all out. Celebration. <laughs> That's Thursday. Today... <laughs> How about today, Rich? Uh, Patrick Mahomes is slated to call in middle of this what? show. He's yeah. good at football. He is that. Lane Johnson, uh, a man who is protecting the front side of uh, of Jalen Hurts for the 4-0, and um, lone remaining undefeated team in the NFL, Philadelphia Eagles. He's in the show in hour number three. And uh, those are the players. RG3 will be joining us top of hour number two as he was in San Fr- San Fr- Santa Clara last night. Um, for Monday Night Football. And joining us in about 18 minutes' time is Peter King. And uh, PK will be joining us with all of his nuggets and news and information uh, about week four and everything else going on in the National Football League, including apparently a, a hot seat in Indianapolis. Talk about a hot game coming up in two days' time. You got the 2-2 two and two Denver Broncos and the 1-2-1 one, one Indianapolis Colts. 
who followed up that uh, big win over the Chiefs with a huge loss to the Tennessee Titans, who are now out of that 0-2 dungeon. They're now 2-2. Our poll question uh, deals with that, and we'll get to that in a moment. But I do want to start this program with what we saw last night. Mm -hmm. And my takeaway is the San Francisco 49ers are who we think they are, which is a team that went to the NFC Championship game last year and can win this year's Super Bowl because they've got a championship-quality defense and they've got an incredible game-changer on offense. And if the quarterback who is suddenly back in the position where we didn't think he would be in after they lost to the Rams in the NFC Championship game last year because he said farewell to the media, <laughs> saying, saying out loud what we all thought that Jimmy Garoppolo was history, if he plays like he did last night, no mistakes, and pulling the trigger and hitting his back foot and finding Debo Samuel, and Jeff Wilson is running the football and the defense is getting after it. Well, that's 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 how you put together a championship team this year. And they have every shot to win this NFC, even though they're two games behind the Eagles. But if they can get after it and they can come up with points on defense and Debo Samuel presents business decisions for you on offense and Kittle wasn't even involved very much last night. And Ayuk's getting in people's grills, and they're they're doing it. That's how the 49ers can win the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, they can get in Josh Allen's face. Yeah, they can go after Jalen Hurts, stop the running game on the way to the quarterback. Yeah. They can get Patrick Mahomes off the spot and potentially prevent him from playing a little street ball if he's not standing back there and finding one of his nine receivers half of them who you've never heard of and don't have on your fantasy team, (laughs) you know? So that's what I'm seeing out of the 49ers. And when I saw Debo Samuel take it to the house last night, I thought of the nonstop conversation we all had here on this show between the moment we heard he wanted out and being traded all the way up to the draft when I told you the Niners ain't doing it all the way through the summer when we're wondering, is he going to show up to training camp? All to the moment where he got pizzed appropriately. I thought of all of those days we were sitting here on this set and we were taking phone calls and we were hearing people wondering if Debo was going to come back and him Debo strolling through some club here in town, right here in Los Angeles, yeah. and somebody had a sign. Yeah, at a hide, I think. And his sign said, oh, you yeah, know, go back guy. to San Francisco. Yeah. And he's shaking his head, man. <laughs> he's, he's like, like yeah, I'm, not, right? I'm not coming back. And we're hearing how the big problem for the Niners to re-sign him is the fact that the Niners don't play football in South Carolina, right? Yep. We're hearing all that. Yeah. I thought of yeah. all those days we had conversations That's and we funny. were taking calls on this program. And I thought to myself, this is exactly why I knew he had to get paid and the Niners were going to pay him. That moment right there, because Debo not only can do that, unlike anybody else in this game, because he can also take tosses and run inside handoffs on you, jet sweeps and things of that nature, but he can do what he did last night with a house call 57 yards out on a third down, and not only can he do it, but he does it consistently for the 49ers against the one team, if they had to choose it on their dance card, on their schedule menu every year, say, do it against that one. And he does it against the Rams 
all the time, even in the loss in the NFC Championship game. He had a 44-yarder for the 49ers in that game against the Rams that they wound up losing. And he does it at a time when they need it most in the game against the team that they need it most against. In that game, in the NFC Championship game, the Rams had just scored the first touchdown of the game. They're up 7 nothing. How are the Niners going to respond? Well, Debo will just take it right around the line of scrimmage and run through everybody else. 44 yards for the score. Okay. Last night. Last night, 7-6 ball game. Rams having trouble scoring in the red zone. They settle for three again, but it's a one-point game. Let's see what happens. Late second quarter. What happens next? Third and three. Midfield. Can the Rams get off the field and start maybe gaining some momentum? They just made it a one-point game. Can get the ball back. Little curl route, third and three. Darian Kendrick of the Rams sees it, jumps the route. Debo jumps higher. Grabs it. Taylor Rapp makes a mistake. Can't corral him. And then the race is on and business decisions are all over the map. And then you see the 49ers receivers suddenly turn and they know it. This is the moment. This is the Debo moment. They turn and start blocking. They get it. All of them. Kittle's throwing a block. Ayuk throws Jones out of the club. Unfortunately, wasn't Jones the one who got thrown out of the club by, uh, was he the one thrown out of the club by Josh Allen? I don't think so. It was somebody else. No. But yeah. he gets thrown out of the club right around the goal line. And Jalen Ramsey has one last good shot to get him. And all he can get is Debo's shoe, which is just like, forget about that. Third and three. Looked when Jimmy G threw it. Uh-oh. Could be one of those interceptions. Nope. Touchdown. Debo Samuel. That's why they paid him. That's why they paid him. And then this kid, Talanoa Hufunga. Okay. (laughs) God bless you. From USC. And, you know, whenever anybody who plays safety out of USC has long hair that blocks the nameplate, you know where you're going. Certainly if his name's Hufunga, you're going Polamalu. And sure enough, Polamalu is mentors the kid, and he's playing like him. Oh, my goodness, is he jumping routes, and he's all over the place, and right. it looks like he's just freelancing. That's what it looks like. But he knew. He knew that if he jumped a route last night, what he thought was the route, and he jumps it, and it was a house call. And that's what wrapped it up last night. Because... The Niners had just settled for three. It just missed a field goal. I mean, Gold was trying to make this a two-possession game. Rams get it back. Still a one-possession game. And then pick six, that's all she wrote. And you can't blame Stafford if he's kind of off-kilter last night because with that offensive line that was already Whitworthless, right? Without Whitworth. And banged up up front. And, you know, Nick Bose is coming at you. And Fred Warner, I, I had to look it up. There was only one of them last night. <laughs> can can that guy can that guy play football or what? He is spectacular. Spectacular. So 
I don't know how the Rams fix that offensive line, how you get healthy. And they better fix it fast because (laughs) the Cowboys are coming to town. Cowboys are coming down with that lion up front, number 11, Roaring. And a tank. And, and, And a tank. They got their lion in their tank. Parsons and Lawrence coming. That sounds. That does sound like one of those cop shows you pitch in this town here in Los Angeles. Got this great show. Parsons and Lawrence. They're always speeding. <laughs> and so you know, um, I, I'm I'm not concerned. Long run for the Rams. I don't know how you fix it up up front. They did go through a month period, including a loss to the 49ers last year. If you remember, they lost in. Odell Beckham's first game with the Rams, and you're wondering, well, Odell's not really fixing anything, but they could really use somebody like Odell back to stretch the field because I do not know why Allen Robinson is completely invisible. You know. So, Cup is working, and I think the run game can work. Last night, you know, uh, against that front seven, and now this kid Hufunga on the back end, 49ers were just the better team last night. It's just kind of that simple, and I'm not saying the Rams are not making the playoffs and there's no shot for them to win it all this year because last year it did look pretty bad, a nice month-long stretch, or nice is the wrong adjective, but it was a good, long four-game stretch for the opponents. Remember Adrian Peterson was scoring against the Rams for the Titans coming into their house? I mean, they were hit in the mouth by the physical teams, and you thought that they couldn't do it. And then they did. I, I, I don't know uh, if Odell can walk through that door. They got to figure out Allen Robinson. Uh, they can definitely turn around in this short week and beat the Cowboys at home, I think. But hmm. it'll be a tough hmm. road to hoe. I know you're making those noises, <laughs> but that's still the Los Angeles Rams and the Rams house. And I know the Cowboys yeah. fans are going to make it the Cowboys house best they can. Certainly if Del Tufo's putting his tickets on his market. Thanks, Mike. Same with I can't Rockman. go. I'm working. Got it. Come on, Mike. What's well, more important, I mean, Mike? Take me so, to a game so where you work. That's my opinion about <laughs> last night. I'm not throwing the Rams out with the bathwater, mm-hmm. but I do see the 49ers showing you that they can hit the same gear as they hit last year when they almost made the Super Bowl. They can hit that gear where that's the proverbial team you don't want to face. Which team in that division would you throw out? I mean, obviously all four aren't going to make the playoffs, so they're all two and two right now. I mean, is it the low-hanging fruit to say Seattle? I mean, is it that low-hanging fruit? Because you also have to understand that... Gino's the top-ten quarterback. I get. I know that. The 49ers are also 2-0 and in division. Their two wins are in division. They beat the Seattle Seahawks at home, and now they've beaten the Rams at home. Okay, the Rams are two and two, but their one loss, one of their losses is against the Bills, and one of their wins is at home against Arizona. At Arizona, as a matter of fact. So they've already gone on the road and won a, a division game. Mm-hmm. So that's a feather in their cap as well. The good news for Arizona is they're two thirds of the way through DeAndre Hopkins suspension and they're five hundred. I wish my fantasy team was. Yeah. Right. That's the good news for Arizona. Bad news is that they got the Philadelphia Eagles coming to town this week. Uh, Man, I can't wait for Jalen versus Kyler. Isn't it amazing? Kyler faces Baker one week, and then (laughs) he faces his predecessor, and then next he'll face his successor. That doesn't happen much. No, it doesn't. That's a fun game, man. And then Seattle uh, now goes to New Orleans. 
which I think so they I, should win. I, I don't right? know. I, I, if you sports talk radio put the you know put me to the to the test, I would throw Seattle out just because that's the low hanging fruit, the one that you least expect. But they're two and two, and you are what you are, and what this division is is all tied up at yeah. two and two, and I'm here for it. As the San Francisco 49ers now matriculate their way to go visit Baker Mayfield, and that is the last team I'd want to face if my ass was on the hot seat as a coach and Baker Mayfield is standing back there after having nine passes batted down, almost all of them by J.J. Watt last week. Here comes Nick Bosa and Fred Warner. That game could go all hufunga in two seconds flat on Carolina. <laughs> 844-204-RICH, number to dial. What do you think? Jerry Jones chiming in on Dak Prescott's availability for this week. Mike Tomlin is speaking, I believe, in moments uh, with Kenny Pickett. We're expected to hear from him that Kenny Pickett has the gig. As the Steelers now 1-3 head to Buffalo. Uh, Also on this show, somebody had the temerity to ask Nick Saban if the backup, should the backup play this week against Texas A&M, because Bryce Young has the old AC joint sprain, uh, if there's a package already placed in for this backup, (laughs) if the backup plays. Oh, goodness. Oh, gosh. So it's the trifecta of asking Nick Saban about an injury, about who might be playing if somebody is injured or not, and then asking Nick Saban about his preparedness. Oh, Hide the women and children for that one. Okay. Not the Coke bottles. Huh? Not the Coke bottles. Oh, no. That, that's, they pay for that. Yeah. Whoever, you know, has that deal with Alabama. <laughs> 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. Patrick Mahomes is calling in. Lane Johnson of the Eagles, 4-0, calling in. Then we've got also um, on this program, RG3, who we adore. Love it. He just makes you smarter and laugh, and I just really love what's what he's turning into uh, with ESPN as one of their top-notch analysts and um, in-game and at the game last night. But when we come back, Peter King will join us. Is Frank Reich on the hot seat in Indianapolis? And so much more to talk about with PK when we come back. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, Your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner. So you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Quiets your snores or 
your partners. Sleep Number does that. My sleep number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The sleep number sleep that you get is unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks sleep number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. 844-204-RICH, number to dial here on the Rich Eisen Show. Joining us here from NBC Sports and uh, Pro Football Hall of Famer, a friend of our program on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line back here with so much going on through four weeks, as always, in an NFL season. Joining us here is Peter King. How are you, sir? Hey, everything's good, Rich. How about you? I'm great. So uh, Pickett is the starter in Pittsburgh for the Steelers, and we assume for as long as Pickett can hold on to the job and give him time to uh, succeed or not. What is your estimation on what led to Tomlin's decision um, this past Sunday and now on this Tuesday? Peter. Well, the offense has been running in cement, basically, and – you know, I think Mike Tomlin looked at it, and he kept wanting to give Mitchell Trubisky the benefit of the doubt. But after three and a third games, I think he just sort of ran out of patience. The problem, I think, in this particular case is that we all thought because Trubisky played pretty well in the summer and because he came in and was like the perfect you know, guy for this team, uh, just a very low-maintenance, low-ego, hard-working guy. Everybody thought, okay, he's the guy. But the same problems that he had in Chicago are surfacing now. You don't fix everything that ails you because you had one year with Brian Dable and Ken Dorsey and Josh Allen. You know, there's some endemic problems, really, I think, with, uh, with um, Mitchell Trubisky. And unfortunately for him, um, I don't think he's going to get a chance to try to fix him, uh, you know, if Pickett plays well. But Parcells used to say they don't sell insurance for this kind of stuff. So who knows? Just stay tuned. <laughs> that's, what, that's what Bill would say about quarterbacks and changing quarterbacks. Is that what he would say, Peter? He'd said that about 100 things in the NFL over the years. Well, they don't sell insurance for that kind of stuff, but... I do remember he did say it a couple of times about quarterback situations. So, I I don't know. You know, to me, Rich, wasn't this kind of common sense? Richard Trubisky won the job. But did he win it in a slam-dunk fashion worthy of having eight or ten games as a trial? No, he didn't. And did the other guy show a lot of promise? Yes, he did. So, this seems pretty logical to me. And uh, the first stop is uh, in uh, Buffalo, uh, and the Bills, you know, are three and one, having won three very, um, you know, having won three very tough games. I know the the one at home against Tennessee, you know, they they boat raced them, but you know, Tennessee has certainly proven over the last couple of weeks to have turned things around. Um, and the Bills are are ready to rock, I would think, in front of their home folks after two uh, trying games, one with a win and one with a loss. What is your sense of what happened in Baltimore with the Ravens and the aftermath of Harbaugh's decision to go for it rather than kick a three conventionally in that game? 
I am shocked that Harbaugh is getting taken to task for that decision. Shocked. Rich, let me just a- ask you a question. Mm-hmm. You want to hand the ball back to uh, you want to hand the ball back to Josh Allen with uh, with four minutes to go and three timeouts for Buffalo. You want to hand the ball back to Josh Allen and say essentially, okay, you've got to make fifty yards, uh, and and you've been you've been moving the ball, you know, on this team. So all he has to do is make fifty yards to kick the tying field goal, and he's got four minutes and three timeouts to go seventy-five yards to win the game. Which I, I mean, I would not have liked those odds if I were uh, if I were John Harbaugh. And think of this: say you're giving the ball to uh, you know to the Bills at whatever it would be the two or three yard line. Uh, if you don't make it, unless Lamar Jackson throws up a duck into the end zone, it's intercepted. Then they get it at the 20. And I'm not really criticizing Lamar Jackson. You've got to take a shot in that case. But I always believe that when you throw the ball into the end zone in a situation like this, it shouldn't be anywhere close to a 50-50 ball because the interception is just too costly. You should throw it toward either the sideline or, you know, the corner of the end zone to make sure that it's your guy or, you know, it doesn't get completed. Because hmm. he did have a couple of guys open on that play. And, you know, I, I just think and Marcus Peters lost his mind as well. He was very upset about it. I just think it's tough in this day and age, despite, you know, having the knowledge and the gut also along with the, um, you know, knowledge of, of, of analytics to explain to your team, well, there was a six better percent better chance of, of winning, you know, if we went for it. What would his team said to what would his team have said to him if they make the field goal, they hand the ball to Josh Allen four minutes and three timeouts left, and Josh Allen goes down and scores a touchdown and the Bills win. You don't think there would have been grumbling in that locker room? Uh, you know, at what are we doing? Why are we giving, uh, you know, the toughest quarterback running receiving? I don't know, Rich. This is one of those things that I, I, in my opinion, look, I see it one way. I'm sure a lot of people see it another way. I'm shocked that people think it was a bad decision. I just don't think it was. Football Morning in America, Peter King, NFL Insider, Peter King Podcast right here on the Rich Eisen Show. Is the seat hot for Frank Reich two days from now? Uh, is this a must-win game against the Broncos? I don't think so. I don't think so. I mean, you know, look, uh, you know, there's no question that the owner is a tempestuous guy. Uh, I mean, he's not blowing up his team uh, on October 7th. Yeah, I can't see it. I just... I, I, I look. I don't know. I, I you know, Jimmy Ursay could do anything, uh, and I'm not suggesting that he might do something. I don't think he's going to do anything. All I know is that being 0-2-1 in the division, halfway through your division schedule, has got to just be burning uh, Jimmy Ursay. Uh, but I don't think he's. I would be 
again. I, and I don't think it would be smart to try to do anything now. Look, it's not Frank Reich's fault that the absolute total strength of this team uh, is, is the offensive line, and the offensive line is playing lousy. And that his most important defensive player, you know, I don't think it's Frank Reich's fault that, that Shaq Leonard has basically been a non-factor in the first quarter of the season and now might be out even longer. So, and again, I'm not absolving anybody of blame. I'm just saying, let's look at this thing logically and figure out why they're not playing well. I think the one thing that you can really put on Reich and put on Matt Ryan is the fact that Matt Ryan has not gotten them out of many holes so far this year. And that is going to be something that's going to have to change. Uh, and again, five quarterbacks in five years. And I can think of a logical reason why they made every decision that they made. But still, five quarterbacks in five years is pretty hard to overcome. Peter King here on the Rich Eisen Show. Is Howie Roseman wrapped up executive of the year? With a 4-0 start? I know we're marathoning, I mean, we're not sprinting, but pretty much every button he's pushed. I mean, A.J. Brown on draft day, my gosh, to, to give him um, to Jalen Hurts and say, make something of it, and then to to hit the defense the way that he did and the signings that he did and, you know, flipping Jalen Rager right before the season the way that he did. I mean, every button this guy has pushed from Sirianni, too, a couple of years ago. My gosh. And they have the Saints draft choice as well. In their yeah, back here's, here's, what, here's how I kind of look at this, Rich, and I was at their game on Sunday. Mm-hmm. Um, the defense players of the game were James Bradbury, who made a diving interception when it was a six-point game late in the third quarter that basically was the biggest play of the second half. In the fourth quarter, Hassan Rennick with two turnovers on strip sacks, a free agent who we got. I mean, those are both free agents. And Howie Roseman took advantage of the Giants' weakness in blowing the salary cap when Dave Gettleman was there. And so they get, basically, James Bradbury, a top 15 NFL corner, for $7 million for one year. It was a great signing. And then, look, you know, Howie Roseman will tell you this, that it was Doug Peterson who really wanted Jalen Hurts uh, because they had had so many problems with injuries at the quarterback position back in 2020. And just remember, two and a half years ago in Philadelphia, Doug Peterson, Howie Roseman, Jeff Lurie, they all thought that uh, Carson Wentz was the quarterback of the future. So they were drafting uh, Jalen Hurts as a great backup quarterback and a weapon to be used and, and all this. And it was Carson Wentz's Carson Wentz blowing uh, a, a great situation by his play and his attitude in 2020. So that's why Jalen Hurts really got the job that he got, and he's made the most of it. I, I, Rich, what's amazing to me is we are in October in the first uh, you know, full season of no-doubt starter Jalen Hurts, and he leads the NFL in yards per attempt which despite with all the newfangled stats that, that people have come up with, that is still a great measuring stick barometer-type number for quarterbacks. 
and Jalen Hurts at 9.1 yards per attempt. I mean, that's Dan Fouts, Dan Marino territory. Yeah, and then they got the running game to support it, too. I mean, my gosh, to complement it, to maybe sometimes dominate, right? I mean, you play action, and then you got A.J. Brown, you got Devontae Smith, you got Goddard, just to name three targets. Uh, Yeah, they're going to be open with some yak ability. Like, that's the way to work it. That's it. You know what I think, Rich? When I look at the Eagles right now, and when I walked out of the lake the other day, I said, this is a team, when you can win on a day when it's raining sideways and it's 25-mile-an-hour winds and it's really cold, it's just an absolutely miserable day to play marbles, never mind to play football. And you go out and you play that way, play a different way than you played the first three games. What? What I thought was really cool, and Rich, sometimes after a game, the story kind of writes itself, but after the game, I met with Jalen Hurts, and we were. Tar- I thought the play of the game, they're down 14 nothing, and Jalen Hurts uh, runs it in on fourth and, three, fourth and goal from the three-and-a-half as a colossal uh, goal-line collision with Devin Lloyd, the Jaguars, scores, and now they're back in the game. And I had thought they were going to kick a field goal. They'd been playing terrible on offense for the first 20 minutes. Just get some points on the board. But Sirianni chose to go for it. Anyway, they scored a touchdown. Hertz comes to the sidelines, and Sirianni sees him out, and he says, you know why I went for it? He said, I went for it because I trusted you. And, you know, when you're a coach's son like Jalen Hurts is, you know what he calls his father? Coach Hurts. <laughs> he does. And when you're a coach's son, you grew up in Texas. You know what it means to you when your coach says, I trust you? Hmm. That's everything. And that is how Nick Sirianni feels right now about this guy. And and I, I think they're in a pretty good position. Peter King here uh, on the Rich Eisen Show. Last one for you, Peter. Um, I have not gotten an answer to this question involving Tua Tungavailoa and the concussion protocol and the investigation and the firing of the independent neurologist and who did it and why. Uh, I, I, I need an answer to this question, and maybe you can help. Why, if the investigation into why Tua was allowed to return to the game in week um, three Three. against the Bills. If that investigation was still open for the Thursday night football week four opener, how was Tua allowed to return? They they allowed him to play. He was allowed to get on the field. The Players Association didn't, didn't keep him from the field. The league didn't keep him from the field, even though they did. You know, Dr. Allen Sill said he was clear and 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 checked every single day leading up to that game. If they had yet to speak to the independent neurologist who allowed Tua back on the field on Sunday, how was he allowed into the game at all? Shouldn't he be kept off the field? Anybody who's returned to play is under investigation. Shouldn't that player be sat like he is in the concussion protocol until the investigation is complete? I need an answer to that question. Probably, probably, but remember, remember, he was allowed back in the game because he said it was my back, and uh, the now we need to find out whether it's the, it's the uh, independent neurologist or the team physician uh, after he passed his halftime test, whether they bought that. 
and evidently they did buy it because after the game, uh, you know, uh, the the head coach of the Dolphins, Mike McDaniel, talked about the back injury and said, and I'd have to go back and get his quotes exactly, but didn't he, after the game, say he was cleared? He didn't have a concussion. Oh, yeah, and so did Tua. And so anybody, right. you know, in a position like mine that comes on and goes, lower back injury, huh? Like, it may, you're, you're now accusing yeah. the others of lying. And it is possible he had just a back injury and then he wound up in the game, possible. you know, on, on Thursday. But, Peter, if, if the Players Association finds the independent neurologist um, so hostile – or un, not understanding his role, as was reported, to the point where they they exercise their right to fire him, and Tua is allowed to play the night before, and we saw that fencing response on the field. How does that happen, right? I mean, shouldn't... Because he came out of Sunday, and everybody bought what the two doctors said at halftime, which is that he passed the test, he's able to go back. Rich, either one of those doctors could have prevented that from happening. They didn't prevent it, and after the game, they said that it was not a concussion. That, And I don't know what they said, but they clearly said it was not a concussion because if it was a concussion, he would not have gone back in the game, and he, he would have no, and started I, the week in concussion protocol. And I get it, Peter. So, my, my question, yeah. though, is that if, if that um, scenario, you know, what wasn't fishy, then there what there wouldn't have been an investigation opened. So what I'm saying is that if you if you're concerned about his return to play on a Sunday was not up to snuff, and that might have missed something, then why do you allow him to play before you speak to the person in the investigation to see if it was up to snuff or not on that Sunday, despite the clear tests between Monday and Wednesday. You hadn't spoken to the doctor yet, and then you do, and you, he's fired. And then the night before you speak to the doctor, two was damn near overnight hospitalized, and the whole country's horrified. I, that's what I'm just saying. Is that if, if there's enough question to spark an investigation, then that player's out until the investigation's complete. Period. End of story. And that should be a yeah, new. Yeah, I don't. I don't think that's a bad idea at all, Rich. I. I don't. I. I, I think. I agree with it, mm-hmm. but I, I also think I also think that um, that as Mike McDaniel said, and again, the the uh, the diagnosis of this injury may in fact uh, be really all wrong in erring on the side of football, right. not erring on the side of the player. But if you have people telling you three days in a row that this guy is clear he can play, then obviously the coach is going to play the guy. Absolutely. And now in retrospect, I think the most logical thing to do is once you have, um, you know, once you are shown to be as shaky as Tua Tonga-Valoa was and you have people all over the stadium, on the sidelines and up in the press box, being able to analyze replays and being able to look at a guy hitting his head hard on the turf. My whole problem with this is once the gross motor instability was shown, that's when he should have been out of the game for good. And and that is what should have made the decision. Not the fact that maybe he was smart enough to pass the test at halftime. So 
there's a lot wrong with this decision. But I do think that I think it's going to get better. But I also think that parents around the country, and I had about 60 of them who wrote to me this week, Mm -hmm. many of whom said, my kid will never play football. And this is just an exclamation point on it. That is what is, is being lost in a way in this. The fact that the NFL is going to start losing a huge number of its, uh, you know, candidate players down the road because really good athletes are going to be kept out of football because parents don't want their brains to be scrambled. Peter, thank you for the time and thoughts and information and terrific conversation, as always. you the man. Appreciate the time. Hey, thanks a lot, Rich. Have a great week. Right back at you, at Peter underscore King on Twitter. Let's take a break. When we come back here, Mike Tomlin has spoken, and he tells us why he is going with Kenny Pickett. That's next. This is The Rich Eisen Show. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices make sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs costs all in before you purchase. So all the guesswork is removed when you buy playoff tickets with GameTime. Download the GameTime app, create an account, and use my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Visit GameTime.co for restrictions. Again, create an account, redeem my code RICH for $20 off your first purchase. Download GameTime today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. It's that time of year, people. Spring has sprung, and that means spring cleaning, or at least the partner in your life is demanding that you do it. Whether that means stocking up on cleaning supplies or swapping out your winter clothes for new spring clothes, make sure you're using Ibotta and get real cash back with every purchase. Ibotta is a free app that gives you the most cash back every time you shop on hundreds of items from groceries to beauty supplies to toys. The average Ibotta user earns $256 per year. That could cover the cost of an entire shopping trip, that flight you've been eyeing, or the fancy dinner you've been craving. Join the over 50 million users and earn cash back every time you shop from over 2,700 brands and retailers. And right now, Ibotta is offering our listeners $5 for just trying Ibotta by using the code Eisen when you register. Just go to the App Store or Google Play Store and download the free Ibotta app to start earning cash back and use my code E-I-S-E-N. That's I-B-O-T-T-A in the Google Play or App Store and use my code Eisen. Looking to buy a new home? Well, maybe Federal Credit Union has loan options and resources that help their members save and make sure they get the best deal because right now, Navy Federal will contribute $1,000 as a lender 
credit towards closing costs on your new home. Plus, members save on their monthly payments since there's no requirement for private mortgage insurance, and that's not all. Navy Federal offers low rates and fees, too, so you could save even more. And Navy Federal's experts can help you choose the best option for you so the home loan process is as smooth an experience as possible. Learn more at NavyFederal.org. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission, insured by NCUA. Equal housing lender, qualifying members with purchase mortgage applications may receive up to $1,000 towards actual closing costs applied at closing with no cash back and subject to loan program maximum contribution limits if you've applied after the 16th of September. Terms subject to change. Ask your loan officer for details. It's interesting, uh, you know, when you're, you do, um, you know, Monday Night Football, you get on, you know, lists for PR. Oh, okay. Um, for team PR. And so I'm on a list for the Giants now because the Giants were a Monday night game last week against the Cowboys. So for a few weeks now, I've been receiving emails from a member of the Giants staff. And the guy's name is Jacob LaMotta. No oh, way. Jake, it's probably a son. That's incredible. <laughs> and I just keep thinking of Raging Bull every single time I get wow. an email. That's hilarious. <laughs> goes by Jacob. So I don't mean to shout out anybody, but it's just every time I get it, I'm like, oh, I just got an email. So even if I, even if you email, you win. Even if you look, okay. Is his email like Raging Bull at? No, no, no. no, I don't want to say his his email. (laughs) Raging Bull. The member of the giant staff sending out emails. Like, why have I been getting emails from Jacob Lamar? That's amazing. So am I going to get? A, am I going to get? Am I going to get an email from the Ram staff of Eugene Tunney? I mean, is that what? What's next? <laughs> Joseph Lewis. Okay. Keep going. That's a member of the Lions staff. Right. If okay. it, it's Lamadi, you should have went with a Sugar Ray Robinson. I think. Reference. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Just because those two are. Yeah. One of the best Scorsese movies. Period. End of story. Amazing. All right, um, let's get to it. Mike Tomlin uh, speaks to the media only once during the week. It's Tuesday, and today's Tuesday. And uh, on Sunday, he benched his starter mm-hmm. in the middle of a game. And Kenny Pickett threw him out there, and Kenny got picketed a little bit, <laughs> picketed off. Three times. And he also, but he made some nice throws too, man. Got in the end zone himself, yeah. right? Yeah. So, Mike Tomlin, all ears on whether he was going to name Pickett the starter moving forward today, and he named him the starter against the Bills and did just that. In regards to the quarterback position, we made a change in-game, um, and Kenny will start this week, and I just want to talk about that for a moment. Um, we made the change. Obviously, um, Mitch's performance was a component of the decision, but – not the only component of the decision. And I just want to be really clear there. Um, Oftentimes the quarterback position gets too much credit, too much blame. Um, We haven't moved the ball fluidly enough to our liking. Um, We hadn't put enough points on the board. The quarterback is a component of that, but but not the only component. We've all got to absorb um, the responsibility that comes with what what we haven't done, particularly in that phase including myself and starting with myself. And so um, when you make a quarterback change, you, you're really sensitive uh, to that component of it because I don't want to dump the responsibility of what transpired at, at Mitch's feet. 
that's not fair to him. He's played better than that description, uh, but we haven't. And so in an effort to be better, in an effort to score more points, in an effort to move the ball more fluidly, we decided to go to Kenny in, in the hopes that he would provide a spark for us. There you go. I like it. If I can interpret that, um, I can interpret that. What I take from all of that um, is he knows Trubisky might have to get back out there if Pickett gets hurt in short order. And I don't know. Pickett would really have to struggle. He would have to be completely lost looking. And I don't think he's going to look like that. I think think the kid has an it factor and the kids played in a lot of big games when he was at Pittsburgh collegiately. And I I just, I don't think they have a concern that he is going to look lost and is going to get, they they have to go back to Trubisky just to save the season, so on and so forth. Um, I, I just think to use the phrase that Steve Young used last week in regards to Jimmy Garoppolo now getting the starters gig after everything that happened between the end of last year and then the moment Trey Lance got carted off, that he used the phrase, there was a lot of broken glass on the floor. And uh, there's broken glass on the floor. You heard how Trubisky took the benching when he was interviewed at his locker after the loss to the Jets, and he looked like, to use a Tomlin phrase, a hostage and not a volunteer, and he knows he's got a hostage right now as a backup and he might need him as a volunteer lickety split. Certainly in this part of the season and part of the NFL campaign where I would proffer to say anybody who looks concussed, they're, they're going to be set. <laughs> There's a sensitivity here. So um, I think that's what he's saying. It's not you, Mitch. It's us. It's very polite. You're part of us. Right. right. <laughs> And the us has not been as good as we can be. So the one individual that I could change to make the us better faster is your position and you. But it's not you, it's us. To use a Seinfeld analogy. That's my interpretation of it. RG3 and Patrick Mahomes and you in hour two. That rhymed. You know, that's the way I took it. But Trubisky wasn't... There were a couple of throws that Pickett made, including one to Fryermuth that put him inside the five against the Jets. He stood in there and he took a lick from Quinnen Williams, who, by the way, is balling out for my Jets. That is a top five pick that is panning out for New York. And he took a lick and delivered it over the middle and Fryermuth took it inside the five. And that's the stuff they, I don't think they saw from Trubisky a lot. And Pickett standing in there and taking his licks. And I think that's the sort of stuff that's going to show on film this week that's going to get the us, to use his phrase, Tomlin's phrase. I think the us is going to get a little fired up about that. You just see him, too, how he pushes the ball downfield. George Pickens had his best game yeah, of the there you season. Go. Like, yeah, there I you think go. we're going to see the that's, offense. That's uh-huh. the, Pickens needed, we need to see more Pickens than us yeah. in the us, yeah. in the we. But that's Tomlin's way of just saying it's not you. Like you actually, he actually performed better, Trubisky than the than the narrative. Fortunately, right. though, if he was performing better than the narrative, then why does he have to be replaced? You know, why didn't Santiago pack a thing if he was finally leaving the island? You know what I mean? So uh, it, it, you have to understand here. 
what's at play. And what's at play is you want to get a spark on the offense. You don't just change the left tackle or the wide receiver or the running back. You push the QB button, certainly if you've drafted one as high as you did in the first round after not doing that for a decade plus.